0: Dup. Okay, let's do it. You want to do
1: another take? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trevor was like, we just did a take of this intro sh- and I he gotta, was like, no, this scrap. is garbage. Anyway.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the
1: Faking Notes Podcast. Faking Nuts Podcast. <laughs> wow. Guys, we just had a great conversation with a musician that I really look up to. She is a producer, string player, who has really made an interesting transition from classical violin into professional beat making, teaching, and performing. She just did a recent tour on the Northeastern coast, had people drive in two and a half hours plus to see her perform. It's incredible. Incredible. We talk about how to shift your mindset to understand that you are a business, and also the perspective of being a woman on the internet. And I think it's something that, you know, someone who has garnered a, a following of ninety percent men on some platforms, and you can imagine that she has some interesting stories to tell. And I think if you're a dude out there, young dude, you need to listen. I thought it was a great conversation. I learned a lot. She's one of my favorite humans on planet Earth, guys. This is bad snacks. <laughs> We always do a cold. Uh, open. We got bad snacks in the house. It me. It, it <laughs> me. <laughs> it me. Thanks for coming out, Jesse. I know you just got off tour, right? So how, yeah. how are you feeling?
2: Pretty good. It was Pretty like good. yeah, I mean, it was like a small leg of shows. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like any anything that's like more than three shows is like you can deem that a tour. Of course, <laughs> I mean I,
1: I consider I consider one show a tour. Make, <laughs> make the T-shirt from my house. Get the T-shirts out, <laughs> even if it's just one your day. house, <laughs> Georgia. <and me. laughs> I I got out of bed for this.
2: So
1: that's yeah, a tour. that's great. Did you set it up yourself, or yeah, kind so yeah. Crazy.
2: So like, I just reached out to friends in mm-hmm. cities that I wanted to play in, and
1: that's literally all it takes. See, as a classical musician, and that, you study classically on violin, yeah. correct? So this is not something that we're ever even told as a possibility, mm-hmm. and they certainly aren't called a tour. No. no, it's a concert series, concert series, <laughs> a recital, a recital series. Featuring the works of Brahms, Beethoven, and Bach. And all other B names. B names. Uh, who was who, that? Borden. Borden. Uh, but I was trying to do somebody who was like, Biggie Smalls. Biggie Smalls. There we go. we working it <laughs> It always comes back to Biggie. But uh, that's really great. And what was like one of the most memorable experiences of the tour for you?
2: Oh, I mean, so many things. Um, it was a really important tour for me because it was the first time that I was coming back home to Boston to play Mm -hmm. as Bad Snacks. As Bad
1: Snacks, not as Jesse. but you're like. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, like, so many people from different walks of life were at the Boston show. Hi.
0: (laughs) He wants to be at the show.
2: (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it was crazy because it was, like, I'm looking out at the audience, and it was, like, a packed-out show, Mm -hmm. and I'm seeing all of these familiar faces of, like, people that I, like, grew up with. And then like people that I also like met when I was like a a young teen. Mm -hmm. And then also just like most of the people there were people I didn't know.
1: And so did did you get to talk to them afterward? Like how did they find out? Was it your friends that told their friends to come out? Like how did that happen? It
2: was a lot of like a lot of different things, but like some people came up to me and they were like, I've watched every single one of your YouTube videos. wow. That's
1: crazy.
2: Yeah. Um, I had this one um, friend, uh, uh, my friend, Lina that I went to middle mm-hmm. school with and um, it, it was really crazy because her boyfriend, uh, he follows my page mm-hmm. and, and he saw that I was playing in Boston. He goes to Lena and he was like, Hey, have you heard of bad snacks? Like she's playing in Boston and Lena's like, <laughs> That's Jesse.
1: (laughs) That's Jesse. You mean my friend? Yeah. What? Yeah. So that was like, that
2: was super crazy for for me. Yeah.
1: Wait, so as as a YouTuber, that experience when you make videos in your room in solitude and broadcast them from the very same room and you just see numbers pop up. When you go in public and people really share their resonance, like what's the first thing that pops in your head? Like, is it gratitude? Is it kind of fear shock? Like, what is it?
2: (laughs) It's the first emotion is definitely disbelief. Like, yeah. Like, what do you mean? What are you saying? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then it quickly turns into gratitude of, yeah, definitely like, wow, thank you for making this possible for me. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. it is really wild to see like, You know, you see the numbers online, but you don't really know what they mean.
0: Exactly. Because they're just numbers. Yeah. Who knows? Those aren't when you meet the number and they're congratulating you, it's not a, they're not smashing the like button. They are passing on- (laughs) They're not ringing the bell. (laughs) In-person congratulations. Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah. So it was, it was definitely like a really important experience. Cause I, I don't want to be online all the time. actually, no. I kind of don't want to be online at all. And I, and I don't even really identify as a YouTuber. Like I use YouTube as yeah. a tool, I feel but, but yeah. I, but that's not, that's not even my main source of like income or mm-hmm. how I generate, right. you know. Would you,
1: would you be interested in sharing a little bit about how like different ways that you make money? Cause like, One of the biggest things for me coming from Juilliard is they tell you essentially like you got to win a competition or you have to win an Mm -hmm. orchestra job. But that is that is like the tip of of the ice. It's all about winning. Right. All I do is win, win, win. No matter what. (laughs) what, Got money on my mind. No money on my mind. And I can't I can't even get enough. Like, you know, it's, it's like. You we don't even understand the idea of making a product, selling it, promoting it, and putting it out there, and like leveraging the knowledge that we have as string players, right? Mm -hmm. So I I like the one of the biggest reasons I wanted to bring you on, not only because I adore you and I look up to you, but it's also because you seem like somebody who is at least giving it some real thought on how to make this a business and how to make this totally, and most people. Are afraid to make that leap, and because of the knowledge gap. And so, yeah. like, what what are one of the things that you do when you wake up that like puts you in a position to make more recognition, more money, and bring value to people?
2: Yeah. Um. No zero days. So that's been a thing since I uh, was like eighteen. So like, Love I you. I I was forced to take a gap year. Um. Just because college didn't line up mm-hmm. and. <laughs> Um, and so I was like stuck on my own in my hometown. All my friends had gone <sighs> off to college Yeah. and I was like, what do I do? <laughs> so this was
1: after high school? This or? was after high oh, school. Okay. Yeah. yeah. A, long
2: story short, I was supposed to go to Berkeley, but it just, it didn't
1: yeah. flesh
2: out the way that mm-hmm. I wanted it to. And so
1: expensive too. Way, well, yeah.
2: that, that was kind of what it was mm-hmm. is that like my parents were like, we'll make it work. And then in April, they
0: see that number and they're yeah. like, Oh, no. God damn. Yeah. yeah. How yeah. much do livers? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Black market kidney? Yeah. I only need one, right?
2: Right. No, exactly. <laughs> no. And so, um, I, and I know it was a really tough decision for my parents. And like, I, like I got a scholarship to go and everything, but mm. it still wasn't enough. No, it's not it enough. It yeah. was an insane amount. So mm. anyway, so I, I I, couldn't go and I didn't want to go to my backup school. I was just like, I, well, I know I, I, I want to do that. music. I, So I'm going to just do it. Yeah. And I realized that when I was in control of my own schedule, I was like, if I don't do anything, (laughs) nothing's going to get done. Facts. So I booked my own gigs. I reached out to people. I was playing, like I have played every single genre. On <laughs> violin. Like, I, I played, I toured with the world music trio.
1: That's incredible. I didn't know that. Yeah. What, what was their, what's their name?
2: Solon Keel.
1: Solon Keel.
2: Yeah. So I had, um, we had a guy who was on Balafone, which is like this giant West African marimba Jeez, type. Geez. Yeah, they We had an upright bassist. I was on violin, viola, cello. And and yeah, we all would all like switch instruments. And, oh, so that was my first God. tour experience, and I was That's eighteen. Wild. Yeah, it was it was crazy. But like I I did that, and then oh. I was like you know playing for Americana singer songwriters, and then like even out here like sometimes play for like a Japanese metal band. You know, it's like there's no That's genre
0: incredible. fire <laughs> incredible. There's no
2: genre that I won't touch. So anyway, mm-hmm. it was just like you know, it was just about making sure that. If I wanted to be busy, I had to make myself busy. And like mm-hmm. that continues to be the case today where it's like, I just know that I have to do at least one thing a day. Mm. One thing that is towards my overall goal.
1: And then it
0: adds up. I love that. And so you call that zero day? Is that kind No of, zero days. No zero, no zero days. days. That's, that's incredible. Do you that's try incredible. to tackle that one thing at the beginning of the day? Or it's just, you know, by the time you get into bed, she's shaking her head.
1: You she's have to accomplish nah. It. nah, son. It yeah.
2: don't matter. Well, because <laughs> also sometimes no zero days are also about not stressing yourself out or wearing mm-hmm. yourself too thin. Um, and for me personally, it's like if I go a whole day without doing at least one productive thing, I will feel so. Like I'll get really antsy about Me it, too. so it feels really good to to be productive. But also sometimes that productive thing is like, I took a nap today before yeah, it's answering beneficial before answering an email. email. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: mean, but emails I think they're underestimated as being like a really important so. thing. well to do useful
0: emails because of course you get showered by it and it's, you know click 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 and you feel validated. But if you if the, if you send out one email to someone, some contact, just hey.
1: How are you? Or here, funny video. That is useful. You've mm-hmm. furthered something. And also reaching out to somebody. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, do you follow Gary V at all? Yeah. He's like a really big business, local, entrepreneur, social media shaman, I would say. Mm-hmm. He's, he's well, kind he,
0: of one of the first, I he's guess you'd of, say.
1: He's, he's among the first to realize the, the disproportionate value of the internet and how you can leverage it to build an audience, right? Yeah. And so he was talking about how it's important to view yourself as a media company. When he said that, I realized, oh, at least for me, the zero day was like for a little while was making sure I posted every day on Instagram, mm. at least something. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a really viable lesson. And he also said like DMing is really important. Do you do a lot of DMing on Instagram for people that you want to collaborate with or
2: um yeah, that one's that's an interesting topic for me right now because yeah. I I don't know, like sometimes like if I find somebody that's like just super sick, then I'm like I have mm-hmm. to work with you, yeah. then I'll reach out. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, I yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. made a lot of friends that way. Yeah. But that's how I met you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Seriously yeah. though. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I, I love reaching out to people, but at the same time, my DMS are like the bane of my existence because they're so oversaturated with kind of empty opportunities mm-hmm. you know what I mean of can just you like,
1: describe some like, like cause I've had a few but
2: yeah I mean well it, it just there's a whole spectrum I so imagine. yeah so most of the time it's like really well intentioned people that are mm. like hey I'm gonna be in LA at some point this month let's collab but it's like A I don't know you B mm. I don't really know your music C I'm busy like yeah. you know this it's is
0: D it's LA I get those like, a lot LA
1: so. means nothing where in LA are you gonna yeah, it- <laughs> Are you five minutes or three hours? Exactly. Can we can we break this down? Because I have a specific method, but I'm wondering when you DM somebody, because that actually makes me angry, too, because I'm very busy Mm -hmm. for people to not even address that. I have other things going on Mm -hmm. and then to drop everything for somebody I've never met before. Yes. Coming from that position, how would you like somebody to reach out to you? Like, what would you want them to do?
2: Yeah. Um, so, so the best approach mm-hmm. First of all, is usually an acknowledgement of being like, Hey, I really liked your project. I really liked mm-hmm. me tape one. Yeah. Like I, I really vibe with that. Mm-hmm. And then always, always the best way to get in, which unfortunately isn't always in your control, is like I'm friends with somebody that you're friends with.
0: Mm-hmm. The third
2: party the, connects. Yeah. Like I'm way more likely to respond to somebody that has mutual friends, especially then you can check. Yeah, especially mutual friends that I like really admire and respect. Um, But at the same time, like I got hit up by this producer, Austin Mills, the other day, Mm -hmm. who's like this insane house beat maker. And we don't have any mutual friends, but I checked out his page and like his stuff is sick. Fire, right? So it speaks for itself. Like his his catalog is right there to view. And like the first video I clicked, I was like, Yes, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, yes, and and he was you know he was super down to earth about it. He mm. was like, I just moved here from Brooklyn, like you know looking to do sessions. And it's like, well, you're clearly dope. I really like your stuff. Like, let's link up. And now we've had a couple of sessions, and like now we're buds. So. Awesome. That's so cool. Yeah.
1: I wonder. I wonder because at least for me, when people approach me and like, hey, let's work, and then they're like, so what do you want to do? That's what pisses me off because like mm. if you're gonna if you're gonna try to like first of all. Outlining thought that, it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Outline like if you have if you have an idea, come to me with an idea, a clearly fleshed out idea yeah. uh, with what you want to do with yes. me. Yes, because then that actually frees up my mind, and I know, hey, this could actually be a thing, and it's not a clout chasing play, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, maybe find a way that you can provide value to that to said person.
3: Mm-hmm. Be
1: like, hey, like I know that you're super busy, but like I edit video.
3: Totally. I would
1: love to work with you at least, like, help you produce some of your videos mm-hmm. and we can make a beat together for a yeah. Sunday session.
2: absolutely. You know, or
1: let's do a Sunday session and then I'll edit it and shoot it to you. And see that, she's smiling, right? Because that, that reduces <laughs> yeah. workload. Yeah. And that's the way that you can provide well, value Yeah, you're both people. providing value to each other. But, but people don't If
0: ever they talk don't about do that, this. if they don't start off with that as the kind of the it's premise, like, oh, more you know, work. it's like, oh, great. I have, now it's on me to learn about the new person who reached mm-hmm. out. And if you can make, if someone makes it easier for you when they reach out to you, yeah. they're going to do it. They, yeah. Whether it's, here's an opportunity, mm-hmm. or I have a very specific idea and mm-hmm. I'd love to work with you. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, hey, they want to work with me? Yeah. First of all,
1: how'd you find me? Yeah. yeah. I think you retweeted something I said. Yeah. And then I was like, wait, is this? The best. <laughs> <laughs> so saw you on Andrew Wong's video, yeah. and your your beat was definitely my favorite. But I was like, I'm never gonna meet this person,
2: uh-huh. and so I'm just so
1: glad that it serendipitously uh-huh. it like, worked out.
2: Well, I had I had heard of you what? like That's years crazy. before. <laughs> because, what? Because we have we have similar circles, and then mm. I would like see you doing sessions with like Yasmin and stuff, oh, and yeah. like other other string playing oh, friends.
1: Yes. Friend in the pod. Friend in the pod.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, but that's, that. like, I had heard of you for years before, so it was, like, also really oh, wow. funny. Because I retweeted you, like, knowing who you were.
1: That's wild. <laughs> I didn't know that. See, that's, <laughs> cool.
2: that's, that's
1: blowing my mind right now. And I think that at the very core of being an artist – like when you want to work with these people, if you haven't produced your own thing yet, if you haven't figured it out, mm-hmm. figure that out. Figure it out first. Yeah. Because what do you the legwork. You you want to do <laughs> the legwork because when you have an established thing, yeah. that's why we started this podcast. When you have a thing, yeah. it's much more likely to include people that you would love and admire and look up to when your thing is already off the ground. Yeah. Right. It's Instead, way
4: easier. <laughs> it's way
1: easier to, and people are much more likely to jump on board. But if you haven't, e- if your page, if you have nine posts and none of them showcase what you do, but you're like, hey, let's work. Mm-hmm. You're DMing people with 80,000 followers. You have 300. Work on your own stuff. Like build yeah. yourself up so that you right. can provide value to the people that you look up to. Yeah. I think that's something that's just never really expressed. And people tend to get snubbed and feel kind of butthurt about it. But yeah. they don't understand Which is natural. Why. It's natural. It's just like natural. Like, yeah. But you nobody know, they ever they tells them me. either. Yeah. But so you know, it ain't like kind I didn't of that tell work you. on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As my mama always say, it ain't like I didn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Other things that you get into besides music, I want to circle back to neat tape in a little bit. Uh But I'm curious about you as a human. Uh Like, what are some (laughs) things other than music that you really get into? Human. (laughs) What What is being human? What makes you you? What are the Jesse protocols? (laughs) Oh
2: my god! It's like that, like um. Robot from Rick and Morty. Yeah, that, that we
1: we butter. talked about.
0: It. Oh yeah. Show me what you, you got. got. It, that, that's a big head. What's the, the robot? Head. The I've butter it,
1: one. The, oh yeah. Oh, Existence is meaningless.
3: The,
0: yeah. All you
1: Existence.
3: do is just make <laughs> Yeah. I,
1: I like BMO with the <laughs> Adventure Time. You ever watch Adventure Time? No. no. Oh. I've heard it's great. Oh, oh my goodness. People. Jake plays the viola. He's the dog. He's the magic dog oh, yeah, and he yeah. plays Viola. Oh my God. It's oh. <laughs> anyway. That's something we're gonna have to do when we hang out is just watch some events. Speaking of uh, Rick
0: and Morty, so how do you make your money? (laughs) How how do you how do you you show us what you got? How do you (laughs) go about and piece these other things besides like this tour?
2: To answer that question. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, right now I'm a totally freelance producer. Mm -hmm. So, um, outside, so just taking, like, I'm going to put my stuff in a box Mm -hmm. and put it away for now. But, like, I do, right, right now I'm in the middle of, like, doing a lot of commissioned work. So, like... Awesome. Making tracks for like some short films. Um, oh, that's great! I I have kind of a thing with YouTube where I like contribute to their audio library, so that's also. I didn't know
1: that. Yeah, oh, okay. I've, I've released you.
2: like two al- in parentheses albums mm-hmm. for them, so like twenty tracks already, and I'm working on another round of of stuff. Your music um, is so
1: YouTube compatible. <laughs> no, it for real. It, it for real is it's it's interesting. But it also leaves a lot of space for visual storytelling, too, Mm -hmm. because you leave you leave a lot of space. And I think that's brilliant. Will you say that in the mic? (laughs) Yeah, I didn't realize that I wasn't in the mic. But her music, you got to go listen. First of all, stop what you're doing. Pause this. uh, Check out our playlist. We've got Jesse's we've got Jesse's neat tape linked in her bio and Instagram. But also. My favorite track from Neat Tape is Shiki no Uta. Yeah. What is is that from a an anime or Yeah, it's that... from
2: Samurai Shampoo.
1: I knew I recognized I love <laughs> Samurai Shampoo. It's the
2: ending theme from Samurai Shampoo. It's a Nuja Base tune, so I like I We talked about Yeah, it. I so I just I covered it because oh, I love that song so, so much. Good.
1: It's it's so nostalgic and tender.
2: Yeah.
1: And I think the music that really makes me feel Okay with life, and kind of patient, and patient, more patient is music that kind of slows you down and mm. lets you be more grateful for just this experience.
2: Wow! Yeah, that's so nice. <laughs>
1: no, that, that's I, I was I was listening to it a couple times on the way over. Wow! Saying,
2: man, oh, I appreciate is, is that. That's so nice. Patience front it really depends because like <laughs> I used to have a lot more patience than I do now and I think a lot of that has to do with this project of just like when when you're kind of managing your own stuff on a daily basis and are dealing with just so much human activity um, and trying to filter through that on your own it's like you learn how to kind of like cut right through and get to the point of things. cut the bullshit. Exactly. <laughs>
1: and you have to, you have to, otherwise, have it's not to. gonna happen. You just waste a lot of time, too.
2: And it can be really stressful and, mm-hmm. and daunting. But yeah, I think that my music is definitely very reflective of me as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I it's like, I don't know, like, I'm, I think um, the only th- kind of area that I don't really cover is like, Upbeat kind of vapid poppy stuff, and like don't get me wrong, like I I love listening to it, but like that's not me as a person. Like I'm not like let's go play volleyball at the
1: beach. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Do you want to? Let's go. <laughs> <play. I> mean, <laughs> it
2: sounded it actually. I love
1: that. It's, it's actually it's like a blast. That it, I mean, that actually
2: <laughs> does sound really fun. But like I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm much more of like a. Come over for dinner. Let's watch and like, anime. Let's, watch let's anime. sit down. <laughs>
1: let's chill. Yeah. Speaking of anime, are you watching any right now? Are there any shows that you're...
2: I, I finished up a couple that I was really into earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, And then I kind of just like stopped watching TV in general. Yeah.
1: You're very um, busy. Yeah. It's hard to consume and produce at the same time.
2: It's very hard. Mm-hmm. and And I wanted to consume things that were like a little bit outside of Japanese culture because mm-hmm. I was getting so wrapped up in like... Like I was watching like Terrace House every day, which isn't an anime, but mm. it is a very funny.
1: Japanese <laughs> Oh wait, I think I've heard of this. Can you explain it? Because you're not the first person to tell it's me. It's like
2: the real world, except in Japan, and there's no <laughs> there's no drama. It's so funny. It's just a bunch of people that are like living together, and they're like, "Well, this is weird."
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that sounds like the best experiment yeah. ever. Oh, just so wholesome. Just so wholesome. So one thing, this is a shot in the dark, but I had asked you about something, and it's like a teaching. Like you share a teaching, you teach, you you produce blogs that uh, help people learn producing. But there was something in your story where I was like, "What is that?" And you told me about it, and then I completely forgot. <laughs> oh.
2: Was it the Calendly thing? Yes. Yeah. What is that?
1: Can you explain that to me? Yeah.
2: I, so I, I teach uh, I teach production on Skype as like mm-hmm. sometimes it's like mm-hmm. a little side thing that I do because mm-hmm. I, I know that a lot of people that follow me are like aspiring producers. Mm-hmm. Or, and so that's kind of like my way of trying to interact and help people out. Um, mm-hmm. But um, it was getting to the point where I was like, I can't schedule all this stuff by myself so i like i got this website called calendly where basically you just like set up your availability oh and then you send them a link and then they like click on an availability and like reserve reserve. a slot i need you
1: to have an ai assistant essentially yo so if you're a string teacher out there or if you have some sort of skill let's say you're an author and people are always like you i love your captions can you teach me comedy or you can teach me this like setting this oh sorry setting that up using Calendly as a tool to kind of organize that. I can see that being very essential for 21st century. And it also loads the stress to you. So oh, stress.
2: it's so much better. Like, like, so basically the way that I was doing it is that I had set up a Google form, like mm. a survey of being Death's like, smart. where are you at in your production? What dog yeah. do you use? Who are your influences? Mm-hmm. What are you looking to learn? And uh, then I would collect their emails from that way. That's and
1: brilliant. I
2: I was, I was but wow. I was, I was emailing them each individually mm. and it was just getting to be too much. So then eventually yeah. what I did is I compiled all the emails, made a Mailchip, Mailchimp, MailChimp account. account.
1: That's beautiful. And
2: then just sent out the availability. And like, it's crazy because nowadays, like when I send out the blast emails and I'm like, all right, the link is up. Yeah. It's like, it'll get booked up. It'll get booked up. That's incredible. See,
1: this is something people talk about all the time. Entrepreneurs is getting the email. Mm-hmm. And Value. I'm a dumb classical musician. <laughs> I don't know how to get emails from people. So do you have like an email list at all your shows and people leave their emails there? I
2: mean, I theoretically should like I'm actually not as good at this stuff as you would. You're
1: think. so much better than <laughs> me, You're crushing the crushing it here, look level. The bar is like on the ground right now. So we're just trying to figure out how to get airborne. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's, literally, that's literally all it is. That's brilliant, though.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing is that it's like, I think of, um, you know, the Bad Snatch thing. It's like, there's kind of three components to it, right? Beautiful,
1: break it down for Where
2: me. it's like, there's my artistic project, mm-hmm. which is the core of it, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. it's like my catalog, the stuff that I make, for it's really for me and then mm-hmm. i make it public yeah <laughs> and then um the second part is like making those skill sets available for commission work so that mm-hmm. i can actually like you know comfortably keep paying your rent yeah yeah and then the other part of it which is kind of the smaller part is like the the teaching and the interactive because that's where i started like when i first made a youtube video it was like I'm going to te- make a beat and you're going to watch me do it. Maybe learn something on the way. It might be cool. And it turns out that people really resonated with that. Mm-hmm. So I do understand that I kind of set up that precedent of yeah. like taking on a teacher role. And I really don't mind because I love teaching. I love teaching. Um, but it's funny because it's like I've noticed that throughout the months, like I used to depend on teaching a lot more. And like as the other two components kind of like took over. It's like now it's getting smaller and smaller. And sometimes I get a little stressed out about it because I'm like, oh, I still want to like interact. You got to raise your yeah. prices. Uh, yeah, but I I did that like four times this year. And That's each,
1: incredible. And each time I was
2: like, my soul. But you oh, know yeah. what I have to do? You have, have to do it. It's
1: hard to it. say no. It, you have to do it. And like it also weeds out people who are going to waste your time too. Oh, yeah. I found that a lot of times when I- raise my prices people take me more seriously totally. and they actually practice because like it's I'm, just gonna be baby, I'm gonna be babysitting but them. then I'm again like, one rather- thing
0: i do consider it's like i always start with the high price what it is mm-hmm. and if they reach out to me i just had a this new this new student mm-hmm. i i call the mom and the daughter it's learning logic going through just the basics and what i wanted to do uh, you know i give them the price but then I, I, I call them, we schedule it up. And then the mom called me privately after like an hour later. And it's like, hey, we're both teachers. We're both artists. We we, we want her to do this, but we can't afford it. And it's like, oh, of course, then absolutely I'll do it. I'll yeah. reduce the rate. Yeah. But it's starting high, you know, and that's that's a needs basis. Yeah. yeah. And suddenly I know, you know, more about them. What what's gonna work for both of us, mm-hmm. and that I mean, this is someone who probably who would take uh, advantage of these types of opportunities, 100%. Yeah. but I just couldn't hit that number. So then that's something else to
1: consider. instead of because you also have to realize that you're public, you're public person now, yeah. and people will use the fact that oh, I get lessons from bad snacks. They're gonna use that as like a power play. They do, yeah, yeah, they do, <laughs> and they do. So like you need it. That also has monetary value. value too.
2: Yeah. And I
1: had somebody tell me that recently, Mm -hmm. and it blew my mind. Yeah. But it's kind of true.
2: Well, what I realized is like, so I, I'm i still figuring things out on the job all the time. I'm not the best producer in the world. And there's a mm-hmm. lot of technicalities that I'm missing because I never studied production. Yeah. I never studied engineering. Like, there's so much you stuff if if you, li-
1: you couldn't tell if you listened It blows my mind. Hum- she's and, being very humble. Uh, but remember, you're on the Faking Nose podcast. Yeah. Like, uh, f- We are faking it. We're, yeah, we yeah. really don't know It's right. We don't know how to podcast. Right. <laughs> we don't know. We don't really know much of anything. This is why, <laughs> you're, this here. Is why you're here. Like, we we're trying to learn. We're that, taking notes.
2: That's so funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what I realized though is that even though I'm probably not the best teacher for a lot of these people in terms of like the technical side of things, I realized that a lot of them, they were coming to me with their sessions and they were like asking for my opinions. Oh, and wow. yeah. And so that was like, that was like, yeah, they are. They are paying to take lessons with bad snacks, you know, mm-hmm. like that's. So that was kind of like an aha moment for me. Yeah. And then on the note of like one thing that I do kind of do to lessen my guilt, because <laughs> I know that like,
4: that. like
2: yeah. so many of them are like young high school mm-hmm. kids and mm-hmm. college kids, and I know that they're not made of money, and mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. I don't want all of my students to be like overly privileged, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Class, um, so. so I I do like bundle offers where oh, where it's like if you if you buy four lessons, Mm -hmm. then the price is reduced. Yeah.
1: That's smart.
2: And that way it's like, it is a commitment, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like you're going to be here week after week Mm -hmm. and we're going to get something done, you know? So you're going to have to like be engaged with me. Mm -hmm. Like you're not going to want to waste my time if you're paying for four lessons. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like a happy in between. I try not to flip flop too much on the on the rate things though, because it's like also for me consistency is key. And also on Calendly, um, you can set it up so that like like the way that I have it set up is that they actually have to pay in advance to reserve their slot.
1: That's yeah. oh my god! If I had a dime for every time somebody you forgot can request to get a dime on Calendly, so Bro, they can pay you that dime. I mean Jesse. <laughs> thank you, <laughs> you know, for real. Like, thank you. I'm going to take this and use it. I hope our audience says this. And too.
2: that way, that way, if they bail too.
1: Yeah. I started to reserve the, the time. I can't do a gig. Yeah. Cause I reserve that time. Yeah. I, I started
0: doing that exact same thing. I didn't do it when I was in New York, but mm-hmm. since coming out here with students doing the four and pay in advance mm-hmm. and if it tw- kind of a 24 hour cancellation when you cancel before, Mm-hmm. That's mine now because we reserve the
1: time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reserving time is everything.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we do this weird thing where we just like randomly break out in the song sometimes, and it's never good. And it's it's actually really bad. Yeah, that's
4: great. so maybe
1: you'll teach us how to how to break in. Well, song better. we have bad snacks in the house. <laughs> how did that name come about? Like you've told me, but yeah. I'm sure a lot of people ask so, you that. Let's put it on the record.
2: Yeah, so so it actually happened in that studio next door.
1: Wow. Oh no way. This is okay, it, this is, is
2: where this is where it originated. Oh, like we man. are
1: you're we, coming You're home. at the epicenter yeah. of oh, the snacks. Yeah. It's like the earthquake of bad snacks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll talk about that. Yeah. so basically what happened is I was working at that studio and I was working with Scott Welch a lot um, mm. and the, the producer and we were working on a track. This was before I like really knew what I was doing. We were still experimenting. We had been doing a bunch of singer songwriters like pitches mm-hmm. earlier in the year, but I was like, I want to get into production. go. He was, go. Like, he was like, <laughs> okay, well, like, let me show you some stuff. Yeah. So um, I had kind of had an artist name picked out that wasn't bad snacks. And so what was it? It was it was Kjærvik, so it's a family name. It's a Norwegian oh, name. Yeah, I like that. but nobody knew how to like spell, spell or it or pronounce but- it. So
0: how do you find so it? It
2: was bad. Um, so, <laughs> so anyway, we're working on this track and we hadn't named it, and all my file names were such garbage at the time. They're still garbage, at the, you know, today. But um, he goes, to me. He was like. Like I'm like, do we have any snacks around? Like I'm getting kind of hungry, and I was like, well, I think there's like a bag of hot carrots in the car. <laughs> and and so we named the track "Bag of Hot Carrots," and it turned into this thing of like the next time I came in with a new beat, it was like, what's this bad snack gonna be called? And it just kind of like started turning into a thing. And that's I'm, great. Originally, the plan was that I was gonna put out a beat tape called "Bad Snacks," where each track was. What's well, the title it's of a bad snack?
1: snack. Like, Blaze. Lay it on me. Moldy Cheetos.
2: Well, like, not, not like, disgusting food.
1: <laughs> couch fries. It
2: was, like, we had, like, kale jam. Uh, <laughs> One of my favorites that a friend recommended was all pulp O.J.
1: All-Pope all O.J. Yeah. Oh mm,
2: yeah. That's
1: the best part. Mm. so gross. Give you all the phlegm.
2: But, but yeah, people, people started like, like I got hit up by um, one of my brother's friends who's just an amazing- Your brother
1: is a sweetheart, by the way. Yeah. Every time I see him, he's got such good energy. Yeah. He's super chill. He's the shout, best. Shout out to-, to Adam. To Adam. Yeah. Jesse's brother.
2: My big bro, big bro. Yeah, you know he's the best. He's
1: supportive too. I see him at a lot so of shows. He's at your housewarming,
2: like. Yeah, no, he's he's you know. there. He's there all the time through Man. every every step of the way. It was yeah. funny when when ne- neat tape hit a million streams. He was like, "I'm going to take you for sushi," and I was like, hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> "This is equivalent." Every time I hit yeah. a million streams, I get sushi <laughs> with motivation. <laughs> yeah,
2: but but his friend had um. Uh, his friend Paris Strother from King, like mm-hmm. an amazing neo-soul R&B trio. Uh, they were like Grammy nominated. Like I, oh, wow. I respect her like infinitely. And she called me. She asked for his number right. <laughs> and she called me. She was like, I love the bad snacks thing that you're doing. And my name wasn't even Bad Snacks at the time. Oh. And so when she called me and like referred to me as Bad Snacks, I was like, this I just got to, I got to go with it. I got to go with it. There's
1: something sticky about it. W- what,
0: at least for you, <laughs> noticing oh, the name. difference, because if we think of the classical side of things, there's no stage name. Uh, like, for if, if you're going around, it's just, it's
1: you. But Or, or your name is perfect, like Long Long. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or Yo-Yo Ma. It's yeah, just, Yo-Yo yeah. Ma. I mean, yeah. come on. Like, come on. You can't make something better than that.
0: <laughs> but you you have you noticed a difference in either reception or how people approach you? The moment you you took on a persona?
2: Oh, absolutely. It's
0: different. Talk Un- us through it.
2: Unquestionably. Yeah, because because um, not to sound like cheesy or vapid about it, but it is a brand. It does turn into a brand. And and like, like I used to do a, the singer-songwriter thing under my real name. Mm-hmm. And it was just harder to get into because it was like, if I'm a fan of this project, that means that I'm like, really a fan of this person and then like for, for with the person yeah for, but that
1: person's me but, <laughs> right,
2: well, and it, well it was kind of like a I don't know like for me having that separation mm-hmm. was so nice mm-hmm. um and being able to like n- you kind of be able to like turn it on turn it off
1: I like that's that. great yeah
2: and I like that and it doesn't it doesn't blend so much into, like, you know, who I have to be on a personal level, Mm -hmm. you know? It's, like, the way that I type on on Instagram, it's like I get I get silly with it. You I have do. a lot of fun with it. You and, do
1: and developed your character. Yeah. That's
2: awesome. Yeah. It's
1: you have a really interesting sense of humor. Like I call you Professor Snackerelli. Mm-hmm. Like did you use you, <laughs> you, you you started saying that right? You like, that was said that something. was from
2: Noah from Beats Freaks and Geeks. He started, oh, yeah, yeah, he, calling he started me, calling me Snackerelli. So I just like <laughs> ran with it. I that's was like good. Professor Snackerelli. And
1: and that's how that's how awesome. Was good, Professor. How you doing? <laughs> a day and I, I, I do love how you are so free mm. when you're performing in a way that it, what happens because we had a we had a guest yesterday Mike Tedesco who's an incredible singer songwriter pianist okay. cool. and you should definitely check him out he's a part of the faking fam now and he's he likens it to as soon as he goes on stage he's really nervous before he gets on stage uh-huh. do you feel that
2: it really depends on the show uh-huh. um, and how far into a tour I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like for instance, um, when I was opening for Anomaly earlier this year, mm-hmm. I was fucking nervous because yeah. first of all, I love Anomaly. I couldn't believe that I was like playing, uh, like opening for him and Rob Arujo, like two of the most insane musicians that I can think of. Yeah. You know, um, mm-hmm. that I'm like super blessed to know. And they're so friendly and, like, welcoming. And obviously, like, I was, like, asked to be there. So I was like, okay, I have, I'm have, i here. I'm here. But the first show that we played was August Hall in San Francisco. Okay. And it's, like, a 500-person
1: room. <laughs> That's a lot of people. And Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I, like, I was sick to my stomach that whole day. Oh, like, the whole man. drive up from L.A. to San Francisco, oh. I was like. I oh, you
1: drove. That's, and, oh, my God. I, oh, I, I
2: couldn't, like, I couldn't eat. I couldn't. Oh. Like, I, I was so nervous. Yeah. But then we did it, and the next the next three shows were such a breeze. And then mm. even with this last run of shows that I just did, I don't get nervous. I mm. get excited. And That's I get anxious great. To Wow, play. That's great. Yeah. And then once I'm on stage, you just black out. <laughs> how, is,
1: how is that different than performing as a classical musician, though?
2: Uh, well, Because did you
1: get nervous for classical music? Oh. And what's the difference?
2: Yeah. Well, the difference the difference is like my teacher is watching (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, oh no because because,
2: like the thing is that with bad snacks the thing that's so freeing is that i can fuck up yeah i can fuck up as much as i want yeah because nobody really knows like i'm playing my music and also like a huge part of what i do is like i set up my beat so that there are some parts where i have like freedom uh, i have freedom i have pre-written melodies for, for some parts, but then I have huge sections where it's just improvising. Damn. And that's a way for it Come to be on. a different show for every show. I
4: love it's that great. part. Yeah. And, yeah, and
2: it's different for me because, like, I always get to practice my improv chops. And it's like, and, and when, when you, like, catch a groove like if like a moment of inspiration yeah. is in the air and you catch oh, on to it. And
1: then the audience feels the tune and everyone's like, yeah. hey, they bop in their head.
2: Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's the best. <sighs> it's the best. So like that doesn't exist in classical music. It doesn't. It really no. doesn't. Like you can like I think the closest thing is when you like really nail a passage better than you thought you were gonna do it. Yeah. Um and that can feel like oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Stage dive. Oh, no, they're old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're just, they're oh, no, they can't hold me up. I'm, I'm going to die. <laughs> oh, no, they're all sitting down. They're sitting down. Uh, I they murdered murder 30 old people. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, and then the other thing, too, is that, like, yeah, you're always going to have people that are, like, vibing your set. Like, you know, when I was opening for Anomaly and Rob, it's just, like, I know that there are a ton of jazz heads in this room that are mm-hmm. probably... Being really critical of my being music, jazz heads. But that's still—it's still different though because they're still there to see electronic music and get down. Yeah. But like in classical music, like the way that people like evaluate you is like so strange and so negative.
0: Everyone's there to review. Yeah. That's what it feels like. And Everyone's and and they're
2: and they're not looking like it's like active i mean this is classical culture is actively finding the the weak spots because we're always trying to improve right and the only way to really improve is to find where the weaknesses are are. yeah yeah rather than because it it, like of course it's like you know if somebody's like wow you have a beautiful tone you're not going to be like well i'm going to work on that even more it's like (laughs) no
1: yeah i i find that it's it's more of like it, the scarcity mindset within classical 100%. music is like there can only be one, right? Yeah. If you're 6 somebody else's success is taking away from somebody else's. Yeah. But jazz, I find that especially with your roommate, Jake, what a lovely human. And <laughs> you, especially you too, you're a classical musician, but you also have jazz chops. and You also are like you said, you've created, you you've, you've been open-minded <laughs> yeah. and the energy with that is like, Hey, let me show you some stuff.
3: Mm -hmm. It's like,
1: let me help. Let's continue to grow. And they don't see anybody as a full product when it's classical music. It's like, this is as good as you're ever going to be. It's like, there's a, there's a 14 year old who can do it better. Yeah. Yeah. So get out. Get out, yeah. Long, too- long exist, get off the stage. Yeah. Right? It, well,
2: it, it's way more competitive than it is collaborative. Yeah. For sure. And like, you know, I like, let it be known that in, in really like top tier purist jazz that there's a lot of parallels. You know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, in, in like New York and stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. it's super. It's cut. studied
0: throat. thing. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. And
2: it, there's a lot of parallels there. But the beautiful thing about Los Angeles and the jazz scene here is that people here are trying to expand really across are. genres. And that's why right now what's super hip is like beats and jazz and mm-hmm. like hip hop and yes. house and combining <sighs> all of those things and that's why like you know um i mean jake is definitely like right right in there right in oh there of just God. like this insane fusion organist who who's playing like <laughs> 8 bit video game yeah. jazz i like, saw
1: his show yeah it was <laughs> the most incredible thing shout out <laughs> underscore button masher on instagram yeah shout out friend of the pod for real next time he does a show trevor you go, i gotta we'll take go. you with me we'll i went with jeremy i went with jeremy You, uh, you jeremy me jones me. Yeah. yeah our buddy yeah. and we both like the whole time we were looking at each other with our jaws on the ground like how is this human capable of the, <laughs> yeah. this brilliance
2: he's he is special he
1: is such a special musician and it's people like that that exist here in L.A. And they're the first ones to be like, hey, I see you're trying to do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me show you some shit. Yeah. Like
2: super generous with with his knowledge
1: and his time. Definitely. And I that's why I haven't left L.A. yet. Mm. It's because of people like you and him mm. for real, because this the other side of L.A. is very not cool
2: that's, the west, that's the, the west side West side, yeah
1: that's so true highland park is such a different energy uh, i adore yeah. every human in highland park <laughs> i think i want to move there
2: it's honestly the best it's like we're like kind of like real down to earth <sighs> people that and like parts bit. of the valley it feels like brooklyn yeah, yeah it yes. feels
1: like Bro- yes. brooklyn has got such a great energy experimental energy so thank you thank you for at least like because when i moved here for real, I, I, and I still feel, often feel bouts of it, but I felt this profound loneliness. Mm. It was and hard. directionlessness since I moved here. Mm. And like, when we were able to connect, like that was the first moment that I felt, oh, I'm not going to die. Oh. And, 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 and it, it, it's been <laughs> you. You still could, you still could. It's, it's not, been you, be it's careful. been Jeremy. Every, pretty much everybody who who's been on the podcast <laughs> so
4: far uh,
1: so thank so you no nah, don't cry I, I just think that he, we <sighs> in this age of the internet community is the most everything. valuable asset
2: it's everything I mean it's what keeps me here too mm. I mean like LA it's not an easy place to live no. in any way shape or form unless you're like <laughs> disconnected with reality mm-hmm. in which case maybe it's great. Um
1: <laughs> I mean you if, you're a stream, if you're if you're if you're a streamer and you're making a lot of money yeah. the only time you leave your house that's when you get to spend all the money you make from streaming but <laughs> otherwise you're in your house you're in your room you know connecting with other people yeah, yeah
2: yeah I mean I wouldn't be me without this city because also like this is the only place where there is a beat scene that's this vibrant. Like mm-hmm. instrumental music is hip here. Mm-hmm. And like when I went back to Boston, it was cool because there's a scene starting to cultivate there. But like mm-hmm. only a couple of years ago, nothing. There was nothing. That's
1: wild. Because yeah. it, feels, it feels like it's a very rich ecosystem that's been around for a while. Yeah, Beats and Freaks is a great example of like just this, this group of people that come together and make... Can you talk a little bit about it?
2: Beats, Freaks, and Geeks? Beats, Freaks,
1: and, and yeah, Geeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's
2: a bunch of beat collectives in Los Angeles, and Beats, Freaks, and Geeks, they're actually about to celebrate their second year anniversary.
4: Wow. Yeah.
2: And that's... i You know what I love about Beats, Freaks, and Geeks is not only is it a great vibe... I mean, Noah is the nicest... Person on he the is planet. such a good. Hero. Yeah, he's he's yeah, the best, and and his concept was just like, yo, I want to have people play beats with like sci-fi movies going on. <laughs> was like, that was literally it. That sounds that like was, the
1: best hang. It was a great. The vibe.
2: And and what I love about it is that there's the barrier to entry is like not like you apply like you have to have a set, but the thing is that like people of all walks of their career can play. Wow. So so it's I recommend Mm -hmm. it to a lot of students of mine who live in Los Angeles of Uh being like that's a place that you want to go because you can test the waters there. Uh You know, it's just a really low key, cool place. So Trevor,
1: you know what you need to do now. There we go. Let make me some beats. I'll rap. Hi. We'll send it in. We we get, we're on a send, mission. Sending it. In. We could do a live podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that that's re- that's really cool. And I'm so you told me about it, and then I went out again with Jeremy. I like feel like I need I need like a comfort per- human, a comfort yeah. Per- yeah. to like to, to go to these places because like, I get so much an emotional, sumo- emotional support, support human. human. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just I feel so much social anxiety when I go out in LA for some reason.
2: Oh, I it's I feel yeah. you.
1: And it's weird because we—I don't know—me and probably
0: in the same wavelength. It's like, oh yeah, I'm coming from New York, I'm surrounded by 10 million people, who spit on each got other. I got this. Yeah. I got this. And I come I've got, here. I've been I'm, peed on before. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, and then. <laughs>
1: yeah. it. Uh, but but then you time. come here and it's still like I'm nervous. I'm like I'm like this little dog. Is, is this is this person you? Okay, so you have an emotional support I do dog. Know. So when you go out, all you need to do is just bring Shiloh bring with dog, you, and he'll just bite everyone, and then, <laughs> and then they're gonna love every second just of be it. Be like, oh, this is great! I have teeth marks. Okay. Bite bites from Shiloh are special.
2: Yeah, I I'm digging
1: it. It's I feel loved.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: All the questions I wanted to, but like, mm. for you, for real, as, as a person, you seem like somebody who's really experienced a lot of redirection mm. in your life, yes. and that's something that we that's not really talked about because we like celebrate people that have like they've done the thing they have the years. plan they executed they've done the same thing and. Honestly, I think we're going through not only a cultural upheaval in America, but just like in the world in general because of the internet and people are afraid to transition. But you seem like someone who's maybe not comfortable, but understand the necessity. Yeah. So where does that come from?
2: That's a good assessment. <laughs> I, I
1: tried, I'm i trying to be more empathic and yeah. notice things in other people.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, change is definitely not, like, my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've gone through a lot of it, especially mm-hmm. in the last few years. Because, mm-hmm. like, when I was in Massachusetts, um, you know, where I grew up, like, I was doing the singer-songwriter thing and playing fiddle for all these, like, Americana groups because that was, like, what my skills called for but like that wasn't the stuff that i was listening to and i didn't really feel it resonating with me it just kind of felt like i was like like my parents put on bluegrass music in the uh-huh. house as i was growing up and all this stuff and it was just like well this just kind of feels comfortable to me but it's not my thing but then i would like hear all this music and trace it back to the fact that most of these people either grew up or, or, or became a thing in LA, you know, that it was like Los Angeles low end theory. It's like, you know, these beat collectives that have been sprouting up since like the mid two thousands. And like, especially around like 2013 to 2015, like some really, really heavy. That's when I was really
1: into beats. Like that's when I was obsessed. Yeah.
2: I mean, there was some amazing stuff going on. So that's what prompted me to come out here was like, I just gotta be where my heroes are. And so mm-hmm. like when I left Massachusetts, a lot of things had to kind of fall apart in order for that to happen. Mm-hmm. So like I had broken up with my boyfriend of two years in mm-hmm. order to move out here mm-hmm. and then my parents, um, had to sell our child at home. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I can't even go back home anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm like here and I'm like, okay, well I got to commit now. Mm -hmm. And that, that really, it was like all of that, Fuel, where I was like, well, I've given up so much. I have to make this work. Uh-huh. And yeah. there's kind of a fine line between motivation and desperation. Yeah. And being desperate is like, there's okay. So what I think a lot of people are actually missing Break in their in their me. lives mm-hmm. yeah. is that they forget that there's a bell curve where you can actually go beyond the threshold. Like people want to push, they want to push, 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 push. But there's a point, and it happens in nature all the time where you push beyond the boundaries mm-hmm. and it actually breaks. ends up it, it breaks and it ends up becoming counterintuitive and I think that when people are too desperate and not patient
3: mm-hmm. that
2: that breaks that's a really bad combination
3: mm-hmm. so like
2: what I was doing is I was like transitioning where I had made the decision in my mind I was like I have to learn how to make electronic music mm-hmm. like my skills don't the uh, classical violin has nothing to do. It with. It does Yeah,
1: it's that's <laughs> a
0: huge leap, but yeah. you took it when you pull yeah. up that synthesizer and you're like, "What are these? What are knobs?"
2: Exactly. <laughs> what are knobs? Exactly. Yeah. But but the thing is that I I found that I was in a city where I had access to people who did know the answer. So like Scott was one of those people. My friend Andres, who I met through my teaching job. Uh-huh. Was one of those people, and and I just would pry them all the time, and then I was I was working two jobs consistent. Like I'm, I was always working were... part time. Mm. I was hustling. I was working at a cafe job. I was teaching. Like I was doing gigs. Like I had, I I've, I've been averaging like three part time jobs since I was like nineteen. Wow. What? So like see,
1: but you work for, but it. you did it.
2: Yeah, well, I just gotta make it work. I mean, I also had to pay rent. So that's <laughs> but true. But like in between shifts, I would come home. And just open up logic and would just work. And, and I was oh, averaging wow. like six hours a day of just like learning stuff. That's incredible. So, so see, this
1: is what's required though.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, but it, I mean, the other thing too is that like I just wanted to make this music so badly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's, I was thinking about this the other day of like, you know, I went back to Boston and there was like, you know, there's like this really warm reception. And, mm-hmm, yeah. and I was thinking about like, what were my goals when I first started this project? And mm. my goals were really achievable. Like I was like, I want to make a living making music. I want to make music that I'm proud of, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I want to always be learning and you know, when I had envisioned what my career would look like, it's like a lot of those visions actually manifested this year. And now I'm like, oh, I gotta figure out what's next. <laughs> like yeah. I gotta. I'm pretty pretty happy right now. Yeah, it, but see,
1: we've talked about this with mm-hmm. Mike. I think a little bit is like a a level of discomfort is super important. It's like so enough to be discomfort. like not. It's like I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. But, but also but also I can't stay here either. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's like this apartment is nice, but I'm trying to get a mansion. Yeah. So this is cool. I'm very grateful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But now what's next? Where am right. I Where am and I it's
2: go? and it's funny cuz like for me, I've been really asking myself the, those questions of what's next cuz I don't I don't need a lot in my life, you know? Mm. And it's funny because it's like Instead of, I mean, of course, it would be really nice to like have my own dope, like super cool place. But I Please. really like my place. I really love. I like. My uh, I
1: love. Yeah, your it's a good place.
2: situation. So it's I'm, I'm not situation. mad at that. But like, the things that I've been coming to terms with is like, okay, I'm at a point where like, hey, like I'm always improving my music. There's mm-hmm. always some. There's always room.
0: For it's improving. a never ending. Never ending.
2: Right. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. So I'm still doing that and working with people that kind of push me outside of like my my genre boundaries. Mm-hmm. But like. I'm getting to the point where it's just like, oh, maybe the next goal is, like, how to get out of town more often, you know? And, and uh, like, you asked me earlier, like, what do you do outside of music? The answer, nothing. I sleep. Good. And I mm-hmm. make. You yeah, have no like, plan Bs. I make food. You, you know? have no plan Bs. No, I have no plan Bs. That's I have, huge. I have, I have none. So, but at the same time, I'm like, I want to consume more content. I want to, like, I'm 24. Like, there's so much to do. And like, so I'm getting,
1: really? I'm getting into. You're only 24. It, it, uh, I'm so old. <laughs> oh my God.
2: No. But it's like, I, like, I want to <laughs> get into like, backpacking and rock climbing. And yeah. stuff like that, you know?
1: Yeah. I'm about to take Muay Thai classes. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to get back in the Cool. Cause Hell yeah. look, there's, it's so important. I think there's like this Chinese proverb, I believe, and I'm going to just absolutely destroy it.
0: <laughs> I'm going to keep whatever you say. I'm going to actually stretch it out and make it worse. <laughs>
1: once once you see the thing in one thing, you see it in all things. <laughs> once you see the thing in one thing, you see it in all things. The mm. thing. Do you understand? Like, I can't explain the thing to you, but when you see the thing, mm. you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I see the thing in classical music. It's like this Intricate, infinite possibilities. Mm -hmm. And then now I'm like looking to see it in other stuff. So I see it in classical music. I just saw it in hip hop. I'm starting to see it in jazz. Yeah. But now I'm like, also, starting to see it in podcasting. <laughs> like, oh like, no. there's, level, there's so many levels, yeah. and it's that self discovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm really excited to hear that you're gonna get in some rock climbing, girl. You should. Oh my god. You should. Bad snacks conquers <laughs> mountains. Needs to be <laughs> needs to be a series. I, I would bump I don't that. Know. I
2: mean, I'm gonna just like try it out and see how yeah. it goes. I just like you know, it's about finding out like what do I like outside of music and sushi. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> S- At least sushi, for me, sushi. as like an artist, when I stopped spending so much time doing music, and, and was then just focused on like, what if I make me better,
3: mm.
0: and going and and not feeling it's it's still a, a daily battle, but not feeling guilty about doing other interests, yeah, because yeah. it's like, oh my god, I haven't written music in like four five days, but yeah. wait a minute, it's okay, you know, I'm listening to this science podcast, yeah, yeah. listening to Neil, yeah, teach me I things, love, mm-hmm. Neil. like, yeah. and it's okay because as we've seen from your career already, you've done a lot with like diversity through music and look how that's informed everything. Mm -hmm. You said
1: something about bell curve earlier. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if it's, if like output is like that producing and consuming is like that.
2: I, I think so. I definitely think so. Like for instance, I think that, What I notice in a lot of my peers that I think are outstandingly talented but haven't like gotten their shit together, what I notice, (laughs) no, No, I mean it's it's a lot of people, it's a lot of people, it's a lack of focus, yeah, it's a lack of focus, and and because and I totally understand this because like I love all genres of music Mm -hmm. basically, Mm -hmm. um and uh basically it's just like it's hard to to marry certain ideas that you want to marry um and like i found that as soon as i was able to put very um viable adjectives with my music that suddenly that's when things started taking off of like being able to be like i make beats i make electronic hip-hop i make Lo-fi inspired stuff, you know, like, like having keywords in that focus was like what brought it together. And now I'm kind of like able to, to move out of that. But like when you have something that you can't really Focus in on it's really hard for to, to get people on that team as well. well. How do you think
1: that is? I have an idea, but I'm curious as mm-hmm. to your yeah, perspective. Just
2: people have a short attention span, and we're like constantly mm-hmm. being inundated with content. So it's like, how do you grab somebody when they can, well, you know, they're being pulled in a billion different directions and being assaulted with media?
1: And I,
0: yeah, and even beyond that, just from the artistic one thing, I'll catch myself, you know, you're working on the next track and you, you hear someone else you're like, Oh my God, I love that. And you gotta, you, I want that in my next thing. And then, yeah. and then you're working on one week later, still working on the track and you hear someone else, they did the opposite. You're like, Oh, I want that. And, and yeah. then all these influences, I loved how you kind of put up these self-imposed and flexible barriers, but it, it, it prevents it from getting that mushy, trying to be everything yeah. track, which mm-hmm. I'll find myself is a big weakness mm-hmm. because like you were doing a variety of things. I'll notice that, why isn't this special? Mm. And it's because it wants to be everything mm-hmm. or every genre and it can't figure it out. Yeah. But by the barriers you've put up, it it allows it to live. It's It will be the best lo-fi track possible. Yes. And that's
1: what it will be. And the restrictions helped it. So I think it's really good marketing too because we forget – that a lot of our success comes from other people. And if people can easily explain what you do, yeah, that is huge. And that that was an unlock for me realizing, oh, I just did it subconsciously. He's a black guy that plays viola. Like that's like, everybody, that's enough for people to be like, what? Yeah, <laughs> but huh? it is interesting to you know, like. like <laughs> oh, hey, oh. I, I can picture that, but I also can't, so I need to see it for myself. And then when they do, they're like, oh, that's sticky. Yeah. I, I keep saying sticky because there's a book that I never finished, but it's like how to make how to make things stick
3: mm-hmm.
1: or how to make ideas sticky is something like that. I just mm. I read it a couple of years ago. I'm the type of dude that buys a lot of books, reads half half of it, and puts it down. And then will may return or may not. <laughs> It's weird.
2: It's like the second half of each book is refuting the first half. Of yeah, the book it's just of each
1: like, reason. I need to just read the end. Yeah, yeah. I, need to, I need to know the end. <laughs> Skip ending. to the end. Am I going to be okay?
2: Do you, do you read a lot? Do you
1: um, read
2: a little bit? I wouldn't call myself a bookworm, but I definitely do read. Um, I just...
1: <laughs> <laughs> do you read books? What what what, what, it, what was something that you read recently that really had an impact on you?
2: Fight Club. Uh, <laughs> it's a book. Yeah, I didn't know, I didn't know, that. know that was a book. It oh was originated God. from a book.
1: Ah, uh, it's too good to not be.
2: It's you know what the book is actually like. I was I was just talking to a friend about this the other day that that book. Um, it's like one of the few cases where I think the movie adaptation not, oh, yeah, not only not only adhered to the storyline, but did it better. Yeah. Wow. Been it. Like I felt like I was reading the manuscript, except there were like some kind of creative differences. But I was like, the way they did it in the movie makes more sense anyway. So, wow. but yeah, that I mean, uh, I can't remember. It's like Chuck something, but um, who wrote it? But
1: it's all good.
2: Genius. I, Such a genius.
1: Brad Pitt. Uh, what's this? Ed Norton, Norton. Ed Norton. Ed Norton. Wasn't Ed Norton in Death to Smoochie? You ever I seen don't, that movie? I don't know. It was like a, it's like that. a Barney parody. It's like a Barney parody comedy movie. Jon Stewart's in it. What? Yeah. Robin Williams I is in it. I only remember the, it's in, in the Correct. VHS box. It's like a cult classic. Wow. Death to Smoochie. Death to Smoochie. It's the best movie you've never seen. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. I, right I used, I watched it with my mom. It, used to come on on Comedy Central back in the day, uh, back when I had cable. Whoa. Cable. Whoa. VHS. VHS. Uh, yeah, but I just, one thing that I really appreciate that you do with your platform that I want to do more of is that you let people, con- you, you like share what you're consuming. Yeah. Like Hodorowski's uh, Dune.
2: Yeah. I got through half <laughs>
1: of it and fell asleep. But it's so fascinating. I never heard of it.
2: Isn't it crazy? It's
1: crazy. Yeah. I need to check this out. You got to check it out. It's hard to find.
2: Yeah. Yes. It's hard. I'm to amazed find. that you you found I it. I
1: found it. And then when I woke up and tried to finish it, it was like, this link is no longer available.
2: <laughs> yeah. I was also
1: pirate. It's shit. so cool.
2: Yeah. Well, what inspired that is that I've been really heavy into Mobius lately, which is the, um, he's an artist, Jean Girard, from like, uh, there's this French magazine, um, which translates to heavy metal. Uh-huh. And so they used to uh, publish his comics a lot. So he used to make these amazing comics. And his, his color palette is just like so insanely inspiring. And it turns out that him and Miyazaki had a lot of parallels. Oh, wow! Okay. Yeah. And, and then it turns out that they like met and became friends. So just like craziness. Oh, but then, wow. so I was talking to a friend about it, and then he sent me that. And when wow. Mobius had done the story, like he had done the story sketches, like the frame by frame sketches for Jodorowsky. So it was just like the the whole thing is just amazing. But then, but then that. That stemmed into the next day where like I went into Jodorowski's uh like discography and yeah. then I start I watched El Topo. He
1: seems really interesting. Yeah, they talk about it in the document. <laughs>
2: wasn't wasn't
1: wasn't he acting in that too?
2: Yeah, he was the he he acted, wrote scored it. And scored? Yeah, the score is gnarly. It's weird.
1: What a, he's like the precursor wow. to Donald Glover. Like yeah. that's some Donald Glover shit.
2: <laughs> Except if like Donald Glover was like just tripping on acid all the time. All
1: the time, <laughs> all the time. Yeah. I mean, ha- have you watched Atlanta? I haven't. Okay, I haven't. Jesse, can can this be? I know you're so busy. <laughs> I know you're so busy, but can you imagine Twin Peaks?
2: I never watched. I Twin never, Peaks. never watched either. Okay,
1: <laughs> Sur- surrealist commentary. Okay. So imagine, but with the rappers. Imaginative surrealists. but with rappers. <laughs>
2: oh, okay. Like
1: this, it's very philosophical. Okay. it's very symbolic. It can be very. Uh, it goes. It, there's like this surreal in in reality. Mm-hmm. It's like this this constant balance. Is he dreaming? Is this really happening, or is this happening in his mind? Mm. And the character development is so satisfying yeah. because you feel connected to them. I got it. I got to hit you to to Atlanta. How do you
2: watch it? Uh,
1: I think it can be found. Is he on? Is on, it on FX? Like does the it's actual FX? I don't know if it's on Hulu. Yeah. I, I know how to find it. Okay. I have my ways. Okay,
3: all right. Sounds we can good. make it
1: happen. He's from <laughs> Georgia, so he, he... I'm from Atlanta. Everyone, everyone so gets it, access it, to it. it. All if the places, Atlanta, a lot of the scenes are places that I I know from childhood. They send it to you on a, a USB drive. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it'd be like, uh, set, yeah. Be like, DG sends <laughs> his regards. And uh, his director, Hudo uh, Mirai... Uh, has a really big part in the the story structure and creating the it the cinematography itself is beautiful. Are you interested in movies and cinematography and things I'm like that? I'm trying
2: to get more into it. It's like yeah. it's again it's that consumption thing cuz I've been just yeah. so on the creating end and mm-hmm. also like when I'm creating I find that consumption can sometimes be distracting. Yeah. And the, there's like again it's like that bell curve it's like there's like a a, a certain moment where like that inspiration mm. is like Totally welcomed and and totally helpful and mm-hmm. just like perfect influence. But then sometimes things can get a little. For me, I get like overwhelmed. I feel you. But I've been trying to get more into like cinematography and
1: There's, we, that's let me. Help. We spend let too me, much time. Can can, can you delegate some of that to me? Sure. I, I'm trying to get better at it as a storyteller because I want to end up being kind of the Anthony Bourdain of music uh. slash Neil deGrasse Tyson slash Bill Nye in that. I can tell visual stories and Mm -hmm. use music as a way to get people to be more open-minded to Mm. new, I want more people to feel the way you feel about music and the way I feel about music. Mm. That all genres are very, very valid and they're important and they can teach you beautiful things about your favorite.
2: It sounds like it, like you're like trying to be the ambassador of like yeah. going mm-hmm. to back to the classical community, being yeah, like, look yeah, at all look, this wonderful stuff that's happening that you're missing out on.
1: Exactly, one hundred fifty
0: percent. That's to some what degree, I want. The reverse, it's like what what I love, and you're just say same wavelength about. The benefits of uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson is that anytime something happens, the networks call him up. You know, we got an asteroid coming. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we're all gonna die.
0: Neil, and he's save just us!
1: Like, yeah,
0: we are all. Time is all. You know, it's like you were late to the meeting, Neil. Time is all relative in the universe. And he, here is my cosmic perspective. Oh yeah, the cosmic perspective. But he can come in and and relate to pop culture. He somehow knows everything about pop culture but it's someone who can translate the technical stuff to the lay person and get them interested so he is the the gateway and the the voice Mm -hmm. and the face of science to just the general people who are interested and classical music classical music doesn't have that
1: no and there's not one i don't think i don't think i'm worthy i'm trying to get bigger trying to get better skills i
2: think it's kind of like all of our responsibility Mm -hmm. as like people who have come from the classical scene to be good influences on our peers because like I too like one one thing that I really struggle with is that um You know, I know that I got my sense of discipline from classical music.
1: 100%.
2: Like, and it has served me so well in my life. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
2: And um, it is, it does break my heart when I think about all of the kind of toxic traits about classical music that I just, like, absolutely want nothing to do with. Mm -hmm. And I see how much it, like, tears. You know, like, I have friends that I grew up playing in orchestras with that are just, like, totally torn down by, by the super like, miserable or like not
0: touching super. many just not touching the instrument anymore right? they, they stop like once they
1: stop playing it's over yeah, yeah or
2: or like they are still playing and, and busting their ass and to, to no avail and it's super depressing and it's mm-hmm. just like you know i i'm in this really weird in-between zone because like i am friends with a ton of producers but i'm also friends with a lot of instrumentalists and mm-hmm. like there's like such a spectrum of. Disciplines and freedoms and I wish that a lot of the musicians and producers that um, you know that you end up in a room with like understood. That level of discipline like one thing that was really tricky for me when i started working in studios was like i realized that i couldn't talk to singer-songwriters the way that i would talk to another violinist uh-huh. like they can't take criticism the same way they cannot like one time i i asked a singer i was like is this key okay for you because she was straining yeah because you want to know she was straining yeah, yeah. and she got so upset about it Whoa. she got really like like she was like personally offended and hurt and i was wow. like I have learned and, and it's like, I, I want to be able to have that language because like the thing about classical music is that it is one of the most heightened senses of art on Mm. the planet. Like Mm. you have to put in so much work and passion and dedication Mm. and you have to be on your on active. You have have to be on it, Mm. like in order to analyze yourself and think self critically enough to progress.
1: Yeah. That's the only way to get better. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, so if you took yourself now in knowing what you know now, how would you, what would you have said to the singer instead if they were struggling?
2: Oh, well. What is
1: something that you would.
2: Well, what I, what I do now is, is just let them figure it out. You just got to let them figure it out. Yeah. And give them their space. That's easy. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't say anything else. Would, here's
0: my 10 step plan. It, it,
2: seems, it <laughs> seems easy, but it's actually really hard for me personally, because it's just like,
0: you know, a solution and you want to help. Exactly.
2: Them. And that's then that's a very classical mindset it to have of be like, I know the solution. I know which Boeing is going to work better for this yes. passage, but you don't want to like step on other people's toes and you kind of just have to let them figure it out for themselves. But, you know, the other side of that is that you also have to think, is this project is this for me or is it for them?
1: Mm-hmm. And if it's for them, yeah. then they've then got to gotta, get it the way they can consume yeah. it. Yeah. And,
2: and I have this conversation with a lot of friends all the time of like, like, again, like I was telling you earlier, it's like I have so many peers that are just like should they should be famous they yeah. should hmm. they should be making yeah. a living they shouldn't be working in cafes they shouldn't have a part-time job they shouldn't 100%. even be teaching yeah and like i see them and i like you know i'm a teacher and i and I, and yeah. i know that's the hardest I, and i also i know what's worked for me and i know that it's not for everybody like yeah. I i know that i'm only talking yeah. from my perspective but it's just like there have been so many instances where it's just like have one sentence that I think would really help you out but yeah. I can't tell you because it's not my job you have to figure that out for yourself <phone rings> to learn and I'm glad that you're like upfront about that but like yeah. you know when I when I have friends where I'm like hey have you considered maybe trying this like I, I had an incident earlier with like a really close friend where like I had suggested that maybe they listen to some of these acts that I thought would be really good for them yeah and and he got so upset he got really? so yeah really? a natural reaction yeah he would, really of just like well he he was like like, why are you implying that I change my sound? Why are you implying that I do this, this, and that? And I was just like, I just thought that it would be helpful to you. Like I see all this potential and this is like, I'm just giving you music suggestions <laughs> it's of like love. maybe, maybe you should listen to this and it might give yeah. you some really good ideas. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing about that whole exchange was that like, like got really offended. We like patched up really, really quickly because I was just like, I'm on your team, man. Yeah. Um, but then, like, uh, like less than like three weeks later, somebody else was like, <laughs> "Hey, you should check out this band. I think you'd really like them." And then he listened to him and was obsessed. Yeah. And I was just like, maybe it's just finesse of like, maybe I said it in a way that sounded more confrontational. But again, it's like that's the classical way. Is like I've had people yeah. straight up tell me. That like, like I I used I used to do these Russian international chamber music festivals. Like, oh
1: my god, they were hosted in Massachusetts. But oh like they were my god. Like, you just said Russian. And well, my teacher I, was Russian. Oh, my teacher was we Russian. talked about that. Yeah, yeah, and
2: I remember being like twelve years old, and this kid was like talking shit about me, being like, she just has fun all day, and she doesn't work. She's super lazy.
1: Yeah,
2: and it was just like, okay, okay,
1: <laughs> but I think I'm twelve. Yeah. I'm twelve. Yeah. Okay. I was like also 12 or 13, yeah. Also, I think what you said, I think everybody needs to study a little bit of classical music because you learn to get get it get a really thick skin. Mm-hmm.
0: The,
1: the biggest benefit to get shit on and be cool with it. Yeah. I think
0: that you yeah. know, when they're when everyone's doling out the study, study music and you know, get better SAT, whatever. You know, that's that's <laughs> a side effect. What is it doing? Is you're learning a discipline, yeah. you learning how to get good at something. And like Drew's maybe correct Chinese proverb. Um, if you, if you, instead of the thing, if you can get good at one thing, you have a roadmap for how to get good at another thing. Totally. And it'll totally. always be flexing. Things will need to change the technique change, but either the mindset. So classical music is just by convenience set up to be useful for developing a skill because it's set up on a mentorship basis Mm -hmm. there's mentors there's lessons it's collaborative with groups there's a history behind it there's a theory of it it's consumable it's everywhere and it's just kind of by design it works out very similar to sports when you have a coach a trainer you go to practices you exert yourself you find ways to get better you find ways to bend the rules come around them and that's why you see people who do music and sports, why they are able to succeed. Because mm-hmm. then if they can trans- translate that to Muay Thai or something else, yeah. oh, or rock climbing.
1: That's, that's mostly for the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's really to, yeah. interesting about that
2: <laughs> is that recently I was having a conversation with my mother. And my mom admitted to me, she was like, I never actually expected or wanted you to be a professional violinist. Wow. I I started at three and a half and wasn't allowed to quit until I was like 17 or 18.
4: Wow.
0: And she
2: goes to me, she's like, I never, that wasn't the goal. The goal was for you to understand how to stick to something and how to be disciplined. She knew. She knew. Mm -hmm. And, and it's. And that was like really jarring for me to hear You're because, because like, uh. like actually, like my mom and I, we we have like a lot of there was a lot of tension growing up because mm-hmm. it was it was like her responsibility to make sure that I practiced and uh. I and I wanted to quit so many times. I didn't I didn't choose violin, you know. Mm. So I like, but I grew up with it, mm. and I wanted to try all these other things, and my mom would like kind of let me try some things, but not really. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to do horseback riding, my mom was like, "You can't." You know, and I and I never (laughs) now you can't. And I never (laughs) And now you climb
0: horses up (laughs) mountains. And I
2: never was able to do like intramural sports. So so my mom like she had me join swim team, but she was like, we're not gonna do anything that like I wanted to do tennis and she was like, It's too much for your wrist.
1: You know, it's like it was
2: that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Do you still want to? I don't know. I haven't played in a
1: really long it's time. A tennis court right over there. I have a, I have a tennis rackets. court right by my house too. Really? We should play. I've never played. I but would love to. I, I'm serious. I, really I want it. to, I want to like. You're, you're gonna like yeah, tennis. Let's yeah, it. let's do it. Let's I think I would love to. I'm good at ping pong, but <laughs> tennis is very. Different. I would
2: <laughs> have to do it double handed though, because my wrists are
1: like. It's crazy. ping pong with running. It's okay. So it's it's a, running ping pong. Running ping pong. I'm game, dude. We should we should like learn some tennis. <laughs> and then we should create like this rivalry. We should <laughs> create some beef and then like do some oh sort of God. cinematic showdown. Billy Jean. <laughs> Bad snacks in one corner, TV candy on the other corner, <laughs> and I just get waxed. I
3: just get
1: my ass kicked. That'd be so fun. That would
2: be so, You know what? We should like we should start like a like a slightly in shape musicians club. Oh my god, <laughs> yes,
1: please. That's something gamers and musicians. Oh my god, gamers versus musicians. <laughs> oh, oh yes, man. please. I'm gonna crush all these sweaty T-shirts. ass gamers. Yeah, I mean, they just sit in chairs. No, chair just all like there. musicians, and then they oh shirts and skins, but they got gamer shirts, and we got musician shirts. We are on one side, they're on the other side. We play doubles. This could happen, bro. Could you imagine
0: the basketball game, dude? That's content. Oh, a
1: basketball. Could you Let's imagine? Go! I can't dunk. <laughs> Final score six to but eight. I got a nice. <laughs> I got a nice J. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, <laughs> I, I'm I'm deathly serious. I really want to do that because, like, the thing is, is I've been surrounded by nerds who Mm. don't want to work, who don't want to work out, who don't want to be active. Right? And I was—I ran track, I did volleyball, karate, basketball, soccer. I did so many sports growing up, and I'm just starting to rediscover my. The, the need to be physically active oh, for me. Oh, it's
2: a necessity. It's a
1: necessity. You know
2: what I find is really tough? And this is like, you know, from, coming from a kid who just wasn't athletic at all, mm-hmm. is like getting into athleticism as an adult is so hard, especially yeah, especially when you're, okay, here's my theory too. Is okay. that like when you're a musician and like a, like a, you know, a professional musician, yeah. I find it psychologically very difficult to put myself in a situation that I am just so...
0: Bad. bad at it. yes, bad at it. we knew it. we we all landed oh, all three times bad. It, that's it's most so of hum- it. I, that's why I like doing it because it's so humbling it's so to be humbling. terrible at something. Really bad. It's just like oh my god! It's like oh, I have a master's degree, and then you walk out there <laughs> and you're just getting crushed on Cru- the tennis on, court on by, by an eight year old who
1: doesn't even like work hard at it. Yeah. And I do these. I do some of the hit exercises on YouTube. I started oh, doing that. My god. They're like okay, warm up. And they're like, oh, that was great. At seven minutes, I have to pause it and stop. We we talked about the, like the insanity workout videos. Yeah. Like the first
0: video is the test one that you'll come back to, to see how you improve. And you're 10 minutes in, you're like, oh my God, I'm
1: gonna die. And yeah. then they're like, warm ups up. And now for the test. And you're like. And now we have three cycles of these exercises. You're lay down on the ground. Woo! And they're, they're doing it. They're not even sweating. I'm like, I looked at the comments, they're like three minutes in, I'm like, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pausing. I'm like, dude, oh I got God, me. I need yeah. water. I gotta lay down. Uh, but it's good for you.
2: It is. It's, it's so. It's a really you. good like mental exercise as well. Like mm. I, I like swimming was the only thing I did as a kid that was like.
0: But that's still that's.
2: It was yeah. That's, it that's it was, a lot. It was good. It was good. And then I like rejoined in high school of being like like my last year. I actually quit. Boston Youth Symphony Orchestra so that I could join a swim team.
0: Wow. Yeah. I think it's a great decision. Because I was yeah, like, good I was
2: like, this is the last year that I'm going to be in school. Mm-hmm. Like, and I haven't done sports since I was in eighth yeah. grade. sorry, since I was eight years old. Oh. So like, I'm going to just go for it. And like, it kicked my ass and I was so happy about it. And I I sucked. I was so slow, but like I, it was felt good. It Mm -hmm. felt really good. And like now as an adult, I'm like, you know, I tried, I was like, you know, I had joined a gym for a while and I was kind of trying that, but I was like, I don't really like this. And then, um, Like, the other thing, too, is that – so, I have, like, a a twisted right leg. So, I have kind of a a wide gait. I kind of walk like Mm -hmm. a penguin a little bit. And for a really long time, like, I I did physical therapy for it and everything. And they tried to fix my gait, but because I was trying to like twist my leg in, my kneecap would pop. So uh, it was just really bad. So, again, that my mom used that as kind of like an excuse of like, just focus on violin. Uh, Cause you know, when God. you're in violin, you're like kind of in first position yeah, anyway. Uh,
1: and I guess, I mean, she's probably, <laughs> I'm, I'm a violist. That's I'm why,
2: always in first That's position. probably
0: why she was thinking of swimming too, because then you're, you know, it's yeah, low very impact, aerobic, but yeah, yeah. low impact. So well, that was your incredible. mom was looking out.
2: Oh, she she definitely was, was but but recently I I got into just like jogging around the neighborhood, and I was like, this is hard. But then my friends were like, let's do a 5K, and I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) But then I signed up anyway, and I remember the first time I like finished a 5K, I was like, oh my gosh, like wow, look at look at the Let's go
3: work.
2: Ultra
3: marathon.
2: I do now. Okay. I do now. I'm still not great at it. I'm super, I'm super either. slow. But Me like, too. I'm like building up my endurance, and it feels really good. Like, you know that like running two and a half miles feels just as stressful as like last year running one mile. Was, yeah, you know. But just like, still it pushing builds. it. Yeah. Still pushing it. Yeah,
1: pushing it. it. Yeah. Do you want to do a 5K? We should do that.
2: Uh, yeah, the, the Kenmore crew. The you've met like Ryan, Felix, and Luke, and. I um, think they I'm, were on my part. They were at yeah, the, like, the yeah, house. Yeah, I right did me front. Ryan. We, we Phoenix, sign, Phoenix, we've, yeah, yeah. We've sign up for those occasionally. So you should definitely. Can you let awesome. me know yeah, when, do when you do?
1: Because I'm running anyway. Just trying. I'm trying let's to. Let's do it. Like, and we, we do Rose Bowl runs. If you, Rose Bowl? What? What's yeah. That?
2: In Pasadena. It's this like beautiful park. And it's like a oh, whole three wow. miles around. Okay.
1: Oh, yeah. We should. Let's. Yeah. We should just put a camera on us. No, 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 no. We should do it. And then like, at least for the faking. Not, not Yeah. For our podcast. For our podcast. Just. We we've had this joke where we're like, we want this podcast to also feature us doing stuff. Mm-hmm. But new stuff. New stuff, stuff that, that we're really bad at. at. Mm-hmm. And just being okay, because we're faking notes. We're bad at podcasting. We're bad at a lot of things. And I it's love okay that. to we be expose bad. Expose it. Yeah, we are. It is okay. We have bad to be snacks bad. on the on on the podcast. And I'm telling you, there's there's a lot of benefit to being bad. You gotta be so <laughs> bad. bad that it goes around in a circle and it's good. You gotta be bad, you gotta be a snack you gotta what? be a <laughs> snack yeah my life oh man that's another layer I had never go. thought about it yeah you snack be a snack you a snack be a snack be bad she be a, a bad snack, snack.
2: <laughs> I get that I get that comment you get that one oh, I'm I'm sure. I time.
1: I bet you get the worst wo- the worst Uh-oh. being a female on the internet it's t- has to the just wild, be wild. hell
2: it's it's, disgusting right it's bad i mean that's why i was also saying my dms are like the bane of my existence yeah it's I, like I bet. you get a bunch of like these like you know kids that are like i want to collab like i'm gonna be in town you know, like to get yeah. together and i'm like i don't know you yeah, and then you have these other safety. kids that are like you know i like you get the marry me comments like yeah. every single day and then like god forbid you post like one flattering picture and people just yeah. lose their mind they do You
1: know, I I have a lot of male listeners like my my demographic is like 56 percent male, 46 percent used to be 54 percent female. And I was about it. That's when I knew that I was like really attractive. But now (laughs) I'm kind of like, damn, but I feel a responsibility as a man Mm -hmm. because I have men following me and young men at that. So like let them know. Calm your shit down. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
1: It's not cool. So like, and, and as a man, I do not encounter this and I only hear it from females. I think it's important to hear this. Yeah. So like, what should we not be doing?
2: Oh my God.
1: <laughs> Don't.
2: Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff. Don't
1: slide in the DMs if you're going to be a creep.
2: Exactly. So yeah. that's the first thing. Um, There's a lot of things. So first of all, my demographic split is ninety ten. Yeah. Ninety percent male, ten yeah. percent female. Yeah, and, wow, 10 and, and, and that's on Instagram. Whoa. On YouTube, on YouTube, get this ninety-eight percent. Ninety-eight
1: percent. Oh my yeah. Jesus.
2: So here's a couple things not to do. Yeah. Yeah. So one bring it. Don't don't be a creep. Don't mm-hmm. be a creep. Like that let's insane.
1: classify that though. Let's qualify that. What qualifies as being so
2: creepy? so like making advances or making like inappropriate comments about appearance. Um, Mm -hmm. Another thing that kind of gets to me is like, when people are like, people have said things along the lines of like, nobody would give a shit about her music if she wasn't a cute girl. That comment gets to me. It pisses like, me off. Yeah,
1: it should piss you <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, it's and not true.
2: It's yeah. It's well. I mean, I know that. I know that.
1: But I need but, everybody else to know that too. Right. But that's not even close to the truth.
2: There's yeah. So there's that. Yeah. And then like people like I've had so many people slide in the DMs being like, "Let me know when you're in this town because I'd love to buy you a drink." You know, <sighs> just like stuff stuff yeah. like that. And then also. Actually, here's a topic that I'd love to talk about Please is, do. uh, is what we call punishers. So when you're at a show, um, and, oh. and they can show up in your DMS too, but when you're at a show and like, you're running the merch booth, like I'm an independent artist, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I run my own shit and I like to meet people. I love to, like I was in El Paso, Texas. I don't know a soul in El Paso, Texas. Mm-hmm. No. And three people were like, like had driven from really like one person <laughs> drove two hours to come see wow. you, so of course I want to talk to this person, right? That's engagement. But then, but yeah. then there are also like punishers, people who just like take up all your time, ask mm. you tons of questions that mm. like when you have
1: to also pay attention to, to everyone. People, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then
2: on top of that, like start to get kind of like up close and personal. Yeah. I had this one guy at that show, like. Uh-huh. So there were a couple different incidences. One where uh, somebody was actually asked to leave because they were, like, they were, like, following me. Wow. Um, And then the other one was this, I was sitting at the merch booth right after this guy had been asked to leave. And then another guy comes up and he, like, puts his hand on my T-shirts and he was, like, I just had to come say hi. I love the way that you dress. And Uh. and I was just, like, here (laughs) – all right, here we go again, (laughs) and he, like, introduced himself and just, like, stood there, and I was, like, completely unengaged, like, was, like, looking at the show and stuff like that, and and he just, like, kept going on, and and he, like, like, he looks at the t-shirt, and he was, like, so you're bad snacks, and I was, like, yeah, i Literally just playing. You know,
4: I
0: don't know how you could <laughs> miss yeah. this.
2: And then he was like, "Oh, you had the violin, right?" And I was like, "Yes." <laughs> and and then he goes back to my t-shirt. It was awful. And he like started tracing like my face on my own t-shirt. What? Yeah, it
0: was police worthy. Yeah,
2: yeah, it was just like it's like and that kind of stuff happens at every single show, every single show. And like I don't know I just I, it's this weird balance of like I want to make myself accessible for for people to talk to and like it means the world to me when people I don't know come to my shows mm-hmm. like like New York it wasn't like a huge show but everybody that came like also came to to talk to me because they were so they they were there they were there to see me play mm-hmm. and it's like that means so I don't know these people it means everything to me you know and so I want to make myself available, but then like you have these characters that just like overstep their boundaries. And, and it's really about boundaries too. Yeah. And and it often yeah. I feel like it's my responsibility of like, oh, I need to set stronger boundaries. But at the same time, it's like, it's why not do you yeah, like most normal people know when a conversation is done.
1: We need men teaching the men yeah. how yeah. Do it's interact. we need to
0: that's something I it, yeah. cause I feel it feel horrible in that, you know. Black people have to explain racism every time and mm-hmm. it's exhausting and they shouldn't have to. No, it's not and, and poor oh geez, all these women, women like yeah. have to constantly explain it's not your and, job. And it's not your job. It's yeah. it's mentally exhausting. Think yeah. of how much energy you waste
1: that you're wasting. You should be on that interaction. selling
0: merch, living the high life. You yeah. just yeah. performed a show, killed it, and then mm-hmm. you have the Punisher walk up <laughs> and everyone has it. So it's I urge you, guys, because that's probably we don't know demographics. We yeah, just know yeah. iPhones versus
1: Androids. Well, I just know, I know my demographic. But,
0: but yeah. you, all, it, all this could really take is just empathy and self awareness. And yeah. think a little, you know, yeah. control the animal brain. Just for one moment, That's some goddamn self control, yeah. dude. Yeah. Like, I make dick read, jokes, read, but like, read the, read the, read room. the room. It's yeah. a useful skill beyond just this. Social but realize deals. that what you said, when someone's shutting down, you've messed up. You messed up big time. And you now know, do not do that again.
1: Well, you also have to realize that as a man, you tend to, you're in a position where you can make somebody feel victimized. You know, in a a situation where you can have somebody feel captive and you have to be aware of that. I think a lot of people just aren't aware of it. And that's why I wanted you to, I, I didn't want, if the conversation went there. I wanted to have this conversation, like yeah. have it be said, because we don't give women a chance to talk about it as much as we should, anyway. And it may, listening to these stories made me really angry. The, For you,
0: and even just, to, and yeah. I start to get your input, but just to continue this of of things that need to be worked on and addressed. Just one thing that really sticks out is besides just thinking beyond yourself, reading the room, just. Having a clue of how someone else could feel is that guys don't experience what uh, what women have to go through at all or remotely close. For instance, if a guy gets catcalled, that happens once every five years. Or if is, you go to a game, and that is the best day, and that is the best day of your life. Because, Not really, but
1: but. I don't oh, like being cat- called by people. What demons. you don't like being cat? I think it's nah, amazing because like, like they're oh usually bigger than me, yeah. and I like <laughs> I don't know if I could fight them off. And <laughs> but, I, that's the that's the female perspective. I think. Yeah. Anyway, or, I, I was, no, yeah.
0: just even continuing that. So like a if a, that happens to a guy, like once, and it feels amazing. But if that happened to you every day, you'd life, go crazy. You'd exact, be infuriated. You'd feel unsafe. You feel well, uncomfortable. You you uncomfortable. You, you,
2: you, yeah. you become numb to it. Like I got I got mm. catcalled a block away from my house yesterday, running with like my and I'm sweating and my face is puffy yeah. and red. Like there's nothing, you know. It's yeah. like it's not even me on a good day. And then like when I was in Bushwick, when I was walking around Brooklyn, like I walked from one end of the neighborhood to the other, and got catcalled like six times. Yeah. And you you like, you become pretty numb to it. But the thing is that like, what you were saying of just like, the part of it that is uncomfortable is like, God forbid they slow down and mm-hmm. try to follow you because there is no way, there's yeah. no way to- And fight. we you don't and you're
1: you're tired
0: and like you expending energy. Guys don't have to experience that. it's It never comes across the mind. We're not always, we don't have to always be concerned for safety in a realistic way. Um, and so we, we go through life without that stress, but also without the awareness that so, so some guy cat calls someone, they seem to not realize that you're going to have five more of that on that same walk.
3: Yeah.
0: and like that's why it's not working. why not into it, why everyone is uncomfortable well, it, is it's, it, it's, it's, it's beyond all, just you. It's, it's not like, not oh what, what I said was harmless. It's like, yeah, but this is you this is not happening within the vacuum. There are six more vacuums yeah. on this one trip and every day it's exhausting.
1: You know what would be really fire? It would be super dope. Is if we could invent a machine and it could like change your sex for like 24 hours. <laughs> and you could live as the other. Because I think the problem is empathy mm. with with people. Yeah. Um, because also like I don't want to talk about this for too much longer. But like as a dude, I have to exhibit so much self-control all the time because lizard my, my lizard brain is going on. me. My Okay. Here's a story. When, when I was, <laughs> I was raised by my mom. Yeah. Uh, she divorced my dad when I was like 14, but for most of my life, she was my confidant. Mm-hmm. She was my go-to. I learned a lot about women by talking to her because yes. guess what? She is one. <laughs> and I hung out with my grandma too. So I was, I've always spent time with women. And even now as I'm, I'm older and I talk to her, she tells me stories about when she was young and how guys just treat her and it it makes me want to just like end every man. End every yeah. s- but she, when I was like 10 or something, or no, I was like 12, she was like, come here for a second and then she, I was like, what's up mom? She like sack tapped me one time, one good time. You know how guys they'll like walk to yeah, each other and just a- pop, pop, pop them in the balls for mm-hmm. a second and Classic. it took me five seconds but then I felt it it's like, oh, What's going on with it? And she was like, Do you see how long it took to feel that? She's like, that's because that part of your body is stupid. Don't ever listen to it. <laughs> and that lesson, that, love, lesson that lesson was wild. So I'm gonna I'm gonna wear a cup when I go meet. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. No, she doesn't that, that 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 was that was specifically for me. Because wow. She saw that in me. Like she she saw that I love women. And I love interfacing with women. But there's a way to do it. Yeah. And you can't always go full masculine on them. You have to to be able to be more empathic. Yeah. And she told me that if you listen to that, that's going to lead to trouble. Mm. And I think that's a lesson that many guys have to realize. And as a man, I have to fight it every single day. Mm. And that's actually a perspective that's not really spoken about.
3: Mm. Because men
1: don't talk about their feelings. No. They don't talk about how crazy it is to have a brain on testosterone all day. Like and the testosterone is literally
0: killing us. It's part of what why we die younger. Is yeah. actually the testosterone. And our hair falls out.
1: The te- yeah, and it's why not we not lit. We, go like, off. we get jacked and we like it's, it's just like you know, oh, I also- can lose weight so quickly and then we die and then three we years die and young and so. then yeah. So that's wow. not fun. So dudes out there, you just have to be more aware. And uh thank you for sharing that because I think it's a conversation. not talked about. It's not talked about, especially in the music scene. Well,
2: it's it's funny because it's like Also, you know, when I got into production, I never thought that I was also going to be taking on like a social role. That wasn't that wasn't the intention. Yeah. And so I find myself in circles of of women where we talk about this all the time. We talk about this all the time. So, yeah. it is. How often
1: do you have guys with you when you talk about it, though?
2: Pretty often, pretty often, and like that's the thing is that if you also look at like my social circles and who I invite into my space, Mm -hmm. like all of my guy friends are they're very empathic, very Mm -hmm. empathic, and like thoughtful.
1: They're good. They're good dudes. Yeah, yeah.
2: I'm friends. I mean, that's that's been kind of like you know I I grew up with three brothers, so I feel like most of my friends have been male for like most of my Mm -hmm. life. It's just like what I'm comfortable with, but. Also, like, my brothers themselves are, like, very empathic, good, yeah. they're good guys. Good dudes. Yeah, yeah. and so, um, yeah, and it's just, it, like, and my dad is that way, too. I think my that's dad, good. my dad said yeah. it really good, like, he's that's great. super patient. Men teaching very, men.
1: Yeah. I think that's that's important, and we yes. lose that. We yeah. lose the pedagogy of manliness, <laughs> <laughs> with with power comes comes yeah.
2: of what it means to be like, like in my family, like my dad is very open with his feelings. Like not in like an irrational, like I want to talk about it, but he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> but my
4: I'm God. hungry. <laughs> but, but,
1: you know,
2: he's okay. like, he's not afraid to talk about how much he loves, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. You know, that's and
1: scary it's, for dudes.
2: It's, it's, which is so yeah, My dad would he, never. Did,
1: have you ever watched Naruto? Yeah. I feel like men are like Uchiha, we like love really intensely, and then when we get hurt, we get a gun and then we try to kill everybody. Oh, you know what I mean? It's oh, like, no, it, no, no, no. no. I, I think I think for for I've had my heart broken many times, and mm-hmm. I've seen how I can I could make the decision to just go down a dark path, but I've had to make the hard decision to just try to open up again and every time it gets harder and harder and harder and I think a lot of dudes lose that battle and they just well, choose to just be in unavailable this day
0: and, yeah, in this day and age at least one of the nice things is even though slowly but surely you know, we're, we're trying to fix these society things to go against correct the the lizard brain but also just beyond we can't all blame it on the, bra- the brain oh the God, society Epstein? how everything has yeah like that example how everything has been set oh. up to make the change impossible. But for instance, yeah, guys like finally for the past little while talking about the feelings that yeah. that the reason why we're having a lot of these shootings is mm. could have been solved simply by if had empathy been taught how to control the emotions, how to be a better person or whatever that may yeah. be. Mm-hmm. So for the longest time, like so statistically for talking about breakups and being able to deal with it, men have a much higher suicide rate. Bottle. After Just get the bottle. after divorce.
1: Yeah. Women fare much
0: better after yeah. a divorce. And it's probably because they've gone through their life also being prepared for these situations, having gone through it, dealing with dealing with circling back, dealing with all this adversity that you have to feel, you become stronger. And yeah. so a guy who hasn't really dealt with any adversity,
2: mm. doesn't know what he's doing. Also, and has, has
0: no tools yeah. to handle feelings. Yeah. The moment he hits feelings, he hurts himself. Or
1: everyone else. It's action. It's not introspection. Yeah. But uh, on, I want to end this on a happy
3: note
1: (laughs) (laughs) because I'm feeling really depressed. But I think it's super (laughs) important. I I think you just got to be the type of dude that you want to see in the world. Being positive to each other, positive role models to other men. Like that's a. I feel like I want to take on that mantle as I'm getting older. Because before I was like, I'm like 22. Like I don't know what I'm doing. But I'm like 27 now. I'm starting to feel a little bit more grounded in my adulthood mm. and how to be more measured and patient mm. and also empathic. Yeah. And I, I want to exhibit that for other people. But also, I want to be able to kick ass. Yeah. So take movie tie. <laughs> let's take some tennis lessons. But Jesse, what do you have going down in your world? Like, just as Sean Evans would say with Hot Ones, we want to roll the red carpet out for you. What do you have going on in your life that you want people to pay attention to?
2: Um, oh, That's a really good question because I feel like there's so much attention that I'm like, ah. Yeah, you're kind of like,
1: actually, don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> actually, don't at
2: me. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, well, here's the thing is that, like, I am unbelievably grateful that I have a platform that I can, like, literally I can share whatever mm-hmm. it I want that's genuine to me and somebody's going to hear it, you know? Yeah. And um so right now, like, I'm still riding off of ne- Neat Tape 1. Neat tape 1? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Go yeah. bump
1: that, y'all. Yeah. yeah and then uh, working likes... on
2: Neat, Neat Tape 2. Oh. Neat Tape 2 is ooh. definitely in the works. I'm sitting on-
1: I'm excited. Ready. A
2: lot of music right now. Oh,
1: my God. Yes, So
2: I don't have definitive- like release dates or anything
1: like okay, that. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, but we'll, we we want to have you back, and yeah. then maybe we can promote it when it drops, and like yeah. we can have a little party. But oh, uh, there
2: will be a party. Oh, I do. Yes. Not, I do not do releases without parties. There
1: you it's go. Yeah. See, this is a lesson, guys. If you have a classical. <laughs> Mixtape party. coming out. You got a party. party. You got you got you got a bump. Party, it. party, and uh, thank you for coming. Follow her on uh, Instagram at Little Bad Snacks. You want people to follow you on Twitter too. Oh yeah, uh, yeah I reach love, out to. I love Twitter. I love, <laughs> I love your Twitter presence. I, I'm learning a lot. Just, the, I, I, the one thing that I appreciate appreciate about you is that I just learn a lot. But just mm. hanging around you, so that's why I'm super happy to to have you <laughs> around, and thanks for coming by. Yeah, my pleasure. This was like one of my favorites. This is yeah, yeah, it's this this super great. And you yeah, we'll, we'll have you back, and, and uh Shiloh likes to you,
0: and most importantly, cute puppy, cute puppy, cute puppy. puppy. Likes you cute, cute puppy. You, you have
1: won Shiloh's heart. <laughs> oh,
0: look at
1: this. Oh, but uh so this is part where we kind of uh, yeah we just decide when to end randomly and, and, it's a cold and and, ending, and, and, um, and uh 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 boom 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 uh, boom 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 inch uh, I wanted you to spit some bars man I was man. yeah, dude, yeah you're just not you're not a on you're dog-y. not on the intro I got a right
0: I got a I got a little, little it's okay
1: falling at me. Uh, Come on, uh, buddy. Here, here we go. go. there like, no, no. we go. It's back. What?